What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. Do it. We're still in quarantine. This sucks. Uh, <laughs> if we're still in quarantine, that means I'm still hosting this podcast, CJ. Uh, well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We're your hosts. Um, an interesting week in wrestling, CJ. Um, I guess you could kind of say that for anything that's going on in our country today. But it was an interesting week in wrestling. We're um, about seven days removed from WrestleMania 36. Um, we'll touch on that. Um, a little bit of NXT and AEW talk a little bit down the line. But as sports work, CJ... Every now and then, right before you start, there's always a breaking news story. Yes, um, big, big breaking news. I'm going to let you news. take this from here. Yes, I'm particularly very excited about this, but I was also very like, oh, that's why I let you. That's oh, why I let you take it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. But no, I am happy about this, given the circumstances. It has been officially re- uh, announced today by the WWE that Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder of The Revival have been released of their WWE contract, wishing them the best in their future endeavors. Wish you the best in all of your future endeavors. Wish you the best. Wish you the best in all your future endeavors, kid. I mean, we, we couldn't think of much to do with you. I mean, you're a great tag team and you've had amazing matches. We just don't know what to do with you. I know. Vince said he wants to shave. Have him shave their backs, damn it! Uh, pain- People power. People power. Uh, it, it pains me to see that they were shaving each other's backs and then the Usos were laughing like little girls. Um, but on the bright side of all this, they have been released from their contracts. They've been wanting this for a long time. They've initially first tag team title reign. Yeah, like they won, which was what two two and a half years ago. Well, when they won their ta- before they won the tag titles, I think like they had a match a week or two prior on Raw. And then they asked for their release literally after the match in Gorilla in their gear. They were initially denied the release. They've been denied their releases a bunch of times. And apparently right. their contracts were going to end sometime in the summer. I'm not exactly sure when, but uh, I think they did this to kind of save some money on themselves and so they don't go work for anybody else right away. But they now have a no, uh, 90 day no complete clause compete clause which uh Brody Lee had because I believe they released Brody Lee pretty much just to you know uh well 
because Brody Lee's contract was coming up soon. And as the revival, their contract was coming up soon. They were going to expire. And once a contract expires from the WWE, you're free to go wherever you want. Hence, look at John Moxley. Um, right. So, given the current circumstances of the world, um, they can't necessarily go and work for AEW just yet. Plus, AEW have a lot of tapings. For like I was talking to Sean off mic for like the next month or so. So, there isn't much they can do at the moment. And... I know they're going to want to bring them and debut them on television like they did with Brody Lee and like they did with Matt Hardy. So I know they're going to want to get them on television rather than just announced on social media. Um, a few years ago, it was I believe it was Dash Wilder who tweeted, one day we'll rec- we will wrestle the Young Bucks and everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet. And one of the young, I think it was Matt Jackson, the Young Bucks said, one day we'll wrestle the Revival and everyone will rejoice. Remember this tweet. And we're gonna get that match one day, hopefully. I mean, because we're probably gonna get it before the end of the year. Probably, it's most likely they're gonna go to AEW, um, but we don't know that for sure. It's most likely they will, because I remember I was watching a Cultaholic news video, and, and like it had been reported for a long time that at one point they offered both guys a million dollars each a year to stay. And they're kind of get little paid less because I guess they're they're not they're a tag team and I guess because they're not, they're not one of like the more popular higher merch selling tag teams. Like I'm sure the Usos mm-hmm. make like you know a couple million a year each, and then the New Day have to make like you know like anywhere between like I'd say two and four or five million a year. Say hey, two to four. Two to four, like roughly between all three of them. Um, because because yeah, they're they're popular they're a popular team and they're uh, a high merch they're high merch sellers, uh same like sa- similar to the Usos, but the revival were never really in that category. Also because Vince never really saw anything in them. Um, I mean, Sean, we have to speculate that AEW is going to be where they're going. Obviously, of course. Uh, I mean, I mean, in in the in the realm of pro wrestling right now, I mean, you know, nothing against Ring of Honor, nothing against New Japan, but the the big two companies right now are the WWE and AEW. So, and again, it's been to our speculation ever since AEW started about a year and a half ago that they were going to end up there as soon as their contracts were expired or whenever mm-hmm. they decided not to renew their contracts or whenever they were released and things like that. So my understanding, I agree with you. They're going to AEW. I don't think, and again, no disrespect to Ring of Honor, they're not wasting their time there. No, no. disrespect to New Japan, they're not wasting their time there. I don't think they um, go to Impact think- either. No, they're not going to impact. They're not wasting their time there. No disrespect to these three, but I believe they would be wasting their time there. I think they go to AEW. I think they're the perfect tag team to help, you know, make sure that that tag division keeps going, make sure it's one of the best in the world when you have tag teams, you know, like the Young Bucks leading the charge. You know, you have SCU. You My know, opinion, you have a new tag team best. like Omega and Page. It is the best tag team division right. in the world for me. Right. You bring in the revival, I think it stays that way for years to come. And you know, and again, like the tag team champions, a new tag team like Omega and Page of the Elite, but a new tag team and a new favorite tag team. Um, I think you bring in the revival, I think it stays that way for years to come. So yes, CJ, I believe that's where they're gonna be heading. The question is when. Obviously, they've got to wait ninety days. I think they don't mind waiting ninety days given the circumstances. And again, every podcast are all of our topics are gonna come back to this coronavirus thing. 
I don't think they mind waiting 90 days in this, in this stuff. They get to go home, be with their families, things like that, not have to worry about work, whatever. When the 90 days are up, it's still up in the air. When are they going to go? Because yeah. like you said, a- AEW has tapings through the middle of May. We'll get to the end of May with AEW and the most likely confirmed rumor of all that double or nothing is going to be postponed. We'll get to that in a second. Um, so it really is a matter of where they're gonna, when they're going to be going. I don't think it's a matter of if, it's a matter of when. Yeah. I'd like to say that they will be in AEW by the end of the summer. When things start getting back to normal, they can go back to live television. Can they debut? Maybe at, whenever. Can they debut Get the in debut Newark? done right. Can they do it in Newark, please? They could debut in Newark. July 22nd, we'll be there. Please, because, you know, seemingly it seems like we were supposed to get, you know, Matt Hardy and the Elite versus the Inner Circle in the Bloody it, Guts We match. still might get it, CJ, because if Double or Nothing is postponed, we still might get the match I know. at this point. Yeah, I know, because I know they, that's what they said, that the, the match has been indefinitely postponed. Um, right. And if it's not going to happen at Double or Nothing now, because I remember the last podcast we did, I had a speculation that if Double or Nothing goes on as planned, that's when you would have to do the match. You'd have Moxley and MJF for the world title or something like that, and the main event would be the War Games, a.k.a. Blood and Guts match uh, between the Elite and the Inner Circle, and you can make it a six-on-six six because Matt and, or I'm sorry, Nick Jackson should be back by then. You can make it a six-on-six six without removing Matt Hardy from it. Um, who was a six, who would be, that, who'd be the sixth member of Inner Circle? Could be Jeff Cobb, Lance Archer. You could bring anybody in to help them. Um, hmm. Lance Archer, especially because he's going to start a program with Cody soon. I, would say I think Lance he'd be Archer. the perfect fit. I think he makes so, more sense because I think right. Jeff Cobb was just in there for a cup of coffee, and now he's kind of doing his own thing. Story here is if Double or Nothing isn't going to happen as planned, CJ, we still might get to see Blood and Guts in July. I hope <laughs> Don't so. put it past them. I hope because so. Because that because that would be the next big show for them. Would be that would be the Prudential Center in Newark on July twenty second. Yeah, I mean, really, because right now what's going on with everything. Um, I also saw like a tweet that says like people from New Jersey don't say coronavirus or COVID nineteen. They say with everything going on, and it's. <laughs> I laugh so hard. True. It's true. It's actually true. Um, cause, yeah, I'm like, I've been saying that. Everybody's been saying that. But um, I do think that around that time, um, things should be uh, getting better because right now we're in the worst of it and you have to get through the worst for things to get better. So, Absolutely. And, you know, they've all, you know, federal government has said, like, you know, the next couple of weeks are going to be the worst. So that is a good sign, even though they'll, freak out and say like oh no it's the worst like no you got to get through the worst and get through that hump so you can get th- so things can finally get better and hopefully everybody is staying yep. safe and we hope for anybody who is a doctor or a nurse or working in hospitals you know commend and thank you all because you guys are risking your lives and thank you for that don't, right. don't know why i got very political for a second but that well, again, like I said, every one of these podcasts are going to turn back to this issue because this is affecting pro wrestling yeah. in a way. And I, I will give kudos to pro wrestling, specifically AEW and WWE, for going on with their shows, taping enough to get us through. Mm-hmm. Because you, you know what? I was watching the news on, um, on Monday, CJ, and WrestleMania made the news. Because they were like, no sports, but WrestleMania did go on last night. Now, it was about Rob Gronkowski, nonetheless. But nonetheless, (laughs) ABC News promoted WrestleMania because it was the only thing going. That's true. So, and that, and that's what WWE's goal was to be, you know, globally recognized as, hey, we know times are tough. You know, we know that 
all sports are canceled. You got no soccer or football. You have no XFL. You have no MLB. You have no NHL, no NBA or whatever, but you have pro wrestling still. The thing, We're doing our best. They can get away kind of with it because with the whole um, no gathering ban in Orlando. Because from until further notice, the shows are going to be taped or at one point maybe live again from Orlando. And... Um, the uh, they may be able to get out of that uh, ban that the uh, town of the city of Orlando has put in because they are an entertainment company and technically an entertainment company company is essential. I don't know how, um, but speaking of that, CJ, I don't I don't mean to cut you off, but at one of the AEW tapings uh, a couple of weeks ago, the police showed up. Yeah, they tried um, to shut it down. They tried to shut they it down. Now, shut AEW it down. had all the proper paperwork and things like that to continue, but the police stayed to make sure they followed protocol. But nonetheless, uh, I think it was in uh, it was in Georgia that they they were doing the tapings. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, I mean, Orlando has that ban. I believe WWE has taped programming as well. Um, Enough for the next few weeks, at least. See it through exactly, and then when those tapings run out. You know, who knows what's next uh, for pro wrestling. But I give them their props for trying. And and again, those are going to be the next few editions. Those were the last few editions of this podcast is we always tie it back to we have to give them props for not only trying, mm -hmm. but doing it safe. Yeah. But speaking of things that were recorded, WrestleMania. What, what did it, I'll say this, CJ. We will remember WrestleMania 36 for the rest of our lives. We'll remember it next year um, when they sell out that new stadium in Los Angeles with 100,000 people to watch WrestleMania. We'll remember this one for sure. I mean, it's a, it's, um, it's a, it's a breaking attendance record. Zero people. And also remember, until WrestleMania airs next year, CJ, we were at the last one that had fans. Remember that. Yeah, that's true, but that's going to stop come next year. Well, um, we have the record until next year. Okay, we have the we have the record. Anyway, um, this WrestleMania was interesting for a lot of reasons, and I'm not going to sit here and bash the WWE for WrestleMania. I know a lot of my friends said worst Mania ever. These matches sucked. They put on a WrestleMania when everything else in the world shut down. I don't think the matches. Yeah, some of the matches were put together last minute. It was almost like a glorified house show in a way. But I mean, at the same Drew time, like Drew Bobby Gulak. Lashley and Alistair Black, Drew, that was one of them. Drew Gulak and Cesaro, which, I mean, was good, but it didn't need to happen. Which, I mean, that, that could have made the pre-show anyway. Liv Morgan um, and Natalia. Right, that was a weird one. But anyway, um, I'm not going to bash the, the WWE for doing their best with the show will be going on. Not to mention, the WWE, they did it as safe as we could. Like I said, for example, The Miz got sick at the day of the taping of the tag title match. He sent, sent him home. They, they sent, sent him, him home, home right away. And they made it a triple threat. They were like one member of each team in the ring. That's it. So it was an interesting mania. I'm not going to sit here and bash them for the match qualities and all this. Um, the specific matches, though, that I think we should get into. Um, the first one that I want to get into, CJ, this had a lot of uh, a lot of people went in different ways with this, was Edge Randy Orton. This is one that I want to get to first. Um, for those who were saying that it was the most boring match ever and it sucked. <coughs> Meltzer, <coughs> Alvarez. <coughs> yeah. And there was no wrestling to it. First of all, there are two things that I found wrong with this match. And one of them, and both of them were as the match was going on. Given the circumstances of this last man standing match, they probably should have made it a false count anywhere match. 
Probably. They yeah. went all over the performance center. Like they ended up in the parking lot at one point. That's not normally what a last man standing match is. It's more you just beat the crap out of somebody at ringside and things like that. So it would have made more sense if it was false count anywhere because it would have made more sense that way. Number two, Edge's return didn't have to be 40 minutes. Yeah. I thought it was a little long. They could have they could a, have a really shaved they could have really shaved like 10 15 minutes at the very least off of this match and yep. it still would have been really it still would it would have been a lot better and still would have been good. Um it, it just it did. At certain points I was just like Ooh, look at the, ooh, this is where they have their meetings at the performance center. Oh, there's the yeah, chill. Like, like I was you're kind of getting a tour of the performance center in this match, which was Jimmy nice. Texted me. Desmond actually texted me, he goes, I love the tour of the performance center yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Because the the match did feel like it dragged on a little bit, so you were it looking did. at other things. So but, but other than that, I thought it was fine. But it was the it was your it was the match that had, sorry to cut you off that had the, that had the most build, the most story to it, and that's something that Alvarez and Meltzer too. Sometimes they kind of shit on because the match wasn't like a a wrestling classic. Like it wasn't like something of it like wasn't supposed to be like something of like a like a like an AJ Styles and a Samoa Joe that of a match supposed to be of their caliber or Gargano or Champa or Omega and Okada, Flair and Steamboat and stuff like that. Not every wrestling match is going to be like that because I remember a while ago. Uh, the TLC pay-per-view when uh, Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, faced The Miz in a regular singles match. And Alvarez just shit all over the match saying how boring it was and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, I'm, and I was talking with, uh, with Joe, good friend of the podcast here, and he was saying, he's like, I don't get how people can say the match was boring or like it was a horrible match. Like, are people not paying attention to Bray Wyatt's character work? Are they not? Well, he wasn't born. Like, are they not paying attention to the things he's doing in the? Because that's the thing. Right. There was a story. There was character built. Well, not character built, but character work done in the match. Not every match has to be an athletic classic like the previous matches that I've mentioned. It doesn't have to be that. If if you remember that match, CJ, the majority of it was the Miz kicking the shit out of Bray Wyatt and being confused that he was kicking the shit out of Bray Wyatt. That was the point. Mm-hmm. And also at the end to bring Daniel Bryan's character back into it for the Rumble. That was the big story. At the end was Daniel Bryan was back. So I, I agree. I mean, and another thing that I that I hate, and and I love when my friends start getting involved with pro wrestling, but what I can't stand is when they just watch the pay per view. They don't know the story. They don't know the backstory of the type of match. Edge, Randy Orton, right? Edge's first match back, first singles match in nine years. They are building Randy Orton as 2009, 2008 Randy Orton, which means seddictive. Um, He'll do whatever he wants. Best He's the most dangerous of, man in the locker room. Best version. Best version of Randy Orton, exactly. And two veterans. This match had the writing on the wall that they were going to go out there and beat the crap out of each other. It wasn't going to be a five-star match. There were going to be many weapons used in the match. They were going to go all over the place, beat the crap out of each other, and it was going to end with Edge giving the concerto to Orton and he wouldn't get up for 10. That's what the match was. And if people watched the whole story build up, they would have understood that better. And I'm going to get into the Firefly Funhouse and I'm going to get to the Boneyard match in a minute that had similar builds and similar styles of matches. But Dude. nonetheless, Edge Randy Orton I thought was fine. It wasn't boring. It wasn't bad. It was your simple dr- br- brought out grudge match between a father and a, hu- and a husband 
who was trying to get revenge on the guy that hurt his family. Absolutely. That's what it was. Do you think it was going to be a five-star AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura match? Hell no. No, and that's not what it was for. It was meant to build a story and was supposed to finish the story of the personal rivalry, blood feud between Edge and Orton. And Right. See? Not not every match is going to be like a Wrestle Kingdom main event match. Not everything is going to be like that. Not everything is going to be like a high caliber, high paced match. And those matches are fun, but there's a time and place for everything. I mean, we had a we we had a lovable fat bastard like Otis get the girl of Mandy. Listen, so I, happy. I literally I, screamed in my room. Yes, I the was, good guys win. I was like, yes, the fat bastard finally gets the pretty girl. Come on, like I was, I like. <laughs> Otis has given us all hope. He's 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 given guys like me hope. I actually uh, not hope because I have my girl, but <laughs> other fat bastards in the world to get a girl like Mandy Rose. Like me. You're not a fat right. bastard though. Yeah, but I'm lazy piece of shit, I'll say that. <laughs> um But anyway, so moral of the story here is People need to understand the stories going into the match before they shit all over it and they don't understand it because they're thinking Edge, Randy Orton, two veterans, two guys who perfected their craft, it's going to be a great match. And then they go out and watch these guys beat the crap out of each other with chairs and, and weight equipment for 40 minutes and they wonder why it was like that. Well, it was like that because they built it that way and it was a perfect build and I thought it was a decent match. Again, the two things that I had a problem with were one, it should have been a false count anywhere match and I felt that way 15 minutes into the match and number two it went on a little long if it went 30 minutes i thought it would have been fine 40 minutes was a little much yeah it, but was, I it, get was, it. it was almost 40 minutes i looked at the time it was like 36 minutes and like 16 seconds or something like that so it, you could have wrestling we round up yeah <laughs> shave, shave off like <laughs> 5 10 15 minutes it would have been just fine um, another thing I do want to get well, into... I felt the need to come on the air and defend those two. Because right. I thought the match was great. And the people that thought it was boring, or I will agree it was too long, but it wasn't boring, it wasn't I, horrible. I genuinely I felt the it. need to come on here and defend that today. I genuinely liked the, the match, and I was just happy to see Edge back, and I'm excited to see what's next for him. Uh, two matches that I do want right. to get into, we can kind of do these both together, because there's a big thing that happened also at Mania. Um somehow you were right in predicting Becky Lynch. Now I know you like I to told you. I know you like to make predictions and make ridiculous predictions just just, just to go the other way. But <laughs> I genuinely want to know, did you think that Becky was or, or did you just like, "Ah, you know, Becky, because why not?" Because I know there've been r reports of Vince not getting behind Shayna Baszler and all this stuff. What was your theory as to it, picking it was Becky Lynch? It was a mix of all of that, CJ. I knew I read the reports of him not believing in Shayna. I thought that moving the event to a venue with zero people had a lot of effect on a lot of the matches, and I thought that was one of them. I think if you would put that match in front of 70,000 people in Raymond James, I might have picked Shayna Baszler. I also know it would have been a lot of a better, it would have been a much better match, and I'll get to the quality of the match in a second that I wasn't happy with. Um, but it was a mix of the reports gut feeling and the situation that we were in. I knew we were we were in, you know, a, an environment with zero people. There the build was okay. Could have been better, but obviously the circumstances got in the way. I just thought with the circum the, the majority of my prediction were the circumstances and that was a lot of my predictions was because of the circumstances is why I leaned some of the ways that I did, but that was one of them. Um I don't know about you, CJ. I was a little disappointed in this match, if you ask me. I thought it went a little short. 
uh, it was okay. I was I wasn't really disappointed in necessarily the match. I was disappointed in the result. Now I'm a big fan of Becky Lynch. I love Becky Lynch. I've been a big fan of her since her days in NXT, and I'm happy for her where she is in her position in the car and the company. She's the number one female in the company. She's the Raw Women's Champion. I love that. My problem with this was is that it just made Shayna Baszler look absolutely stupid. Shayna Baszler, Shayna Baszler is a wrestler that she learns from her mistakes. We saw this same finish in a much better match against Kyrie Sane live for, uh, at TakeOver Brooklyn 4 a few years ago. At Ky- the Barclays Center. At the Barclays Center. Yep. Kyrie Sane won the same way. She went for an insane elbow. Shayna catches her in the in the Caribou clutch, cocaine clutch. I don't know. It's it's it's, it, it's a sleeper hold. Um, yep. And Kyrie's moving around, and she flips over like Becky did, and hits her with the pin. One, two, three. Shayna lost, loses her mind, but she doesn't look distraught. So right. Kyrie wins the title, and we we went nuts. And that was the thing is Shayna. We also got a beer dumped on us at that point, but that's another. Yeah, story we another did. Podcast. We. T- well, you can go back and listen to that podcast. About we can. It. I think we bitched about it then too. Yeah. Um, but but anyway, in the following match at Evolution, like Shayna learned from her mistakes. She learned she wasn't gonna let Kyrie Sane win that way. So right. I just hate that they don't always treat the canon of NXT with the main roster. It's still that thing there where it's like, oh, well, you know, you're here now. This is different from NXT. But it's still under the same umbrella and the same company, and you want to keep NXT like as this third brand, but you, st- but Vince still treats it like it's developmental in a way. Um, and I thought, this, right. I thought this really hurt Shayna Baszler. If this was the result they were going to go with in front of Raymond James Stadium, then Becky... Would have been more Roman Reigns than she, she is. Would have been booed out of the building than she is now. I I do think at, I agree. I think at this point, if you have officially turned on Becky Lynch, I think you're in your right to turn on her now. I think you're in. Well, go ahead. Here was my problem with the match, and and I agree with everything you're saying. And I here's my thing with it. A month before. This woman went into the elimination chamber and eliminated every single That's person. That's what I'm five saying. Minutes. Why did she have to lose the way she did? She didn't look dominant in the match at all, might I add. The match really. was short. The finish was again, like you said, it was it was similar to the one it probably the same finish that we saw at the Barclays Center. The only difference was Everybody was behind Kyrie saying she blew the roof off the place because it was an unexpected finish. Because I remember telling you this when it happened. When she put Kyrie in that sleeper hold, you're like, it's over. And mm-hmm. before you even realize that the referee counted two on Shayna, you didn't even realize what was going on. You didn't realize it until no. right before the referee hit three. I didn't. That the match was over. Like, one, like literally, I go CJ, and all of a sudden, three, ring the bell, new champion. And we're like, what just happened? But it was an unexpected, amazing finish because Kyrie to an was amazing, so over. To an amazing match, too. To, uh, yes, and that's the other thing. They had a four-and-a-half, five-star classic, in my opinion. Shane and Becky didn't have that. I think, it, it was a very underwhelming match, in my opinion. Well, the thing is, Shayna and Kyrie had really great chemistry together, and I think Kyrie is probably Shayna's best opponent, other than maybe Rhea Ripley. Well, uh, opponent in the ring is Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler. Um, 
Rhea, yes. Rhea Ripley and Shayna, fair share of matches. Rhea, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler may have had a better story and a better build to their match, but I think right. as, as far as an opponent, I think Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler because they're two polar opposites, and that's why they work so well right. together. And not to mention, both of them tore the house down in War Games too, which they, was a lot of fun. They did, and that leads into my next point and the following match, which was a lot better. So much better, and that was Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. First of all, I have to give super big props to Rhea Ripley rep- mm-hmm. representing Vegeta in her gear. For, I love that. For a second, it took me a minute. I'm like, is she supposed to be a Power Ranger? No, she's Vegeta. So she, <laughs> Vegeta, Vegeta. So, so, Vegeta. so, I, I mean, I'm gonna go back and watch the bridge after this. <laughs> me too. Um, so I was the match itself for when. When the reports had first come out that that Meltzer reported that they want to have Charlotte face Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Title at WrestleMania, I'm like, oh, this is a foregone conclusion that Rhea's going to win, and it'll solidify her as the next big thing in WWE, and it'll solidify NXT as a as a proper brand. Uh, and then as things got closer to Mania, I'm like, you know what? I think Charlotte. I, I just had a feeling that Char- they were going to put the title on Charlotte, and I think it'll help more or less the women in NXT boost their stock. Um, how that's going to happen, I don't know, coming up in the next month or so. But that was my theory going into it. The thing is, I also, also was talking to, again, good friend of the podcast, former guest Joe, about it. He didn't watch WrestleMania because after Goldberg um, uh, beat The Fiend, he's like, I'm done with this company. I need to take a long break from wrestling. <laughs> um, he didn't see the matches. He's like, he's like, to me, what I'm seeing, he's like, from what I'm seeing, it's Vince burying NXT. He's like, you can't. He's like, he's like, I said to you, he's like, you cannot make the two uh, most dominant females, two most dominant NXT women's champions in the brand's history, just lose like that, or just lose in general, because it just shows that the uh, and that, I agree that, with that the developmental system is just the NXT is just developmental, and they're not on par with the main roster. The thing is, I said to him, my counter argument was. The thing, at least Charlotte and Rhea had a great match. They had a great match. Charlotte, it was classic heel versus baby face. Charlotte worked on the leg the entire time to well, get well, to get her finisher and made Rhea tap out. That and Rhea didn't didn't dominate basically the whole story. Again, like I said before, Shayna Baszler went to Elimination Chamber and eliminated five women in five minutes. No one's ever done that before. No. Not even Goldberg, because remember he lost that one. Mm. So, so to have that and be dominant in the whole storyline, then go out and lose in an underwhelming match, that I agree with. But it, like you said, at least Rhea and Charlotte had a very good match. Rhea and Charlotte had a very and good match. And she didn't dominate the whole storyline. It was even. It was even going into the into the match. That's the thing. And Rhea Ripley, you could say, going into the match was probably a little too cocky, thinking she could handle herself. Um, and I think this is more or less going to probably, after seeing like the clip on NXT of her getting upset after losing, I think it's more or less going to be a redemption story for her to eventually get back the NXT championship. And I would say if they could hold, do it for like another, like I would say have Charlotte hold the NXT championship for a year and then have Rhea finally win the title back at WrestleMania next year. But that's just my hopes. That'd be nice. Um, but um, I thought the match overall was great. As far as a pure wrestling match this weekend, it was probably my favorite now that I think about it. They did they did a phenomenal job. But that's another thing that I, why I wanted to bring both of these matches together is that in the end, I told I told Joe, and I'm going to say this here, that in the end, the end of the day, Shayna Baszler is now on Raw. She is a Raw superstar. She's on the roster. Vince and the creative team there has control of her, and that's where I worry most for her. 
Rhea Ripley is still in NXT. Regardless of what Vince's opinion of NXT is, because WrestleMania is his show, whatever, Rhea Ripley is still in NXT. She still has the potential to be the one of the greatest women to ever come out of NXT, out of WWE in general. I said a while ago in this podcast that mm-hmm. I think she will be a bigger star than Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley. And I think she will get the championship back. I think this this can still lead to a series of matches with Charlotte. And I'm very hopeful for her future. Whereas Shayna Baszler, I'm they not... They can have a match in Boston SummerSlam weekend. Yeah, they could. And as for Shayna Baszler, I'm not as hopeful. And there was another theory yeah. roaming around with uh, from the WrestleTalk guys, Luke Owen. He thinks that this is all just to put off for Ronda and Becky at SummerSlam. Uh, I don't know how true that is or what's going to well, happen. Well, remember, Ronda was plan A for Mania. And obviously yeah. that fell through. Shayna was plan B. So I think we'll always have that rumor of Ronda, Becky again. I think we're always going to have that down the line. As long as there's a possibility that Ronda can come back, we're going to have the rumors of that match flying. Whether it's WrestleMania, SummerSlam, the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, we're always going to have that, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Until it finally happens. And I think we are on a collision course for it. I think it's going to happen. I think the rematch is inevitable. I think it's going to happen. I just don't know when. Could be six months from now. Could be two years down the line. I think we're going to get the rematch. But I think that we really have to try and get Ronda to come back sooner rather than later. Because Becky's rolled through the entire women's roster. There's nobody on her level anymore. Other than maybe... And not to mention... And not to mention, Ronda could come back and say, you didn't beat me at Mania. Because remember, the shoulders were up at one. I can. Tr- she could I, say that. I can honestly think that... Well, that's nothing Shayna was saying. Like, that her shoulder was up. But it was cl- they were clearly down. Um, but I would think if by right, Summer... Right, it was just the ref started his count early. Yeah. If that by, was the problem. By my thing, if uh, SummerSlam goes, with, goes ahead, and I think it will at that point... Um, I think people will be booing Becky, and I think they'll be cheering Ronda, which is a weird scenario to have. Be a little weird. Anyway, talk about- well, it depends. How, it depends how they build the story. If they if they bring the man back, it might be an interest. It might be an interesting set of circumstances. I mean, Maybe Be- a mixed reaction. The thing is, Becky has kind of started acting like the man before Mania again. But the thing is, again, it's how Shayna lost and how short the match was. That's what the problem right. was. It essentially was a burial of Shayna. I-, I texted you right after they buried Shayna Baszler. Not to mention that was one of those matches where you, it was placed right on the card because they didn't give a shit about it. That it was all it was all placement. Third on the card, the match was maybe 10, 15 minutes. It felt more like five, and the, the ending was crap. Well, here's was. well here's something WWE didn't give a shit about. Where's Roman Reigns? Which leads to our next match: Braun Strowman versus Goldberg. Right. Two minutes, Expected. two minutes and ten seconds. Goldberg hit four spears on Braun. Then Braun hit four or five running power slams on Goldberg, new Universal Champion. He just pour, brought him up and put him down. I lift things up and put them down. I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest. I don't know how I feel about Braun being champion right now. Um, I mean, great for Braun for being champ. This is two years overdue. So start with that. I'm happy so for. I'm happy for him. He's been kind of getting some shit lately because recently, a while ago, when all this stuff was getting bad with the virus. Evil Uno was saying how, you know, please support your indie wrestlers. Please support your wrestlers now who who don't have big companies or whatever. And you know, just, you know, favorite. And Braun out was like, you know, put out some tweets like, oh, here we go again with this. Help me. Give me money. Crap. And just I had to work hard for the Like he came off as a, like a real dick and he deleted the tweets. 
Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, again, at WrestleMania, we got zero explanation as to where Roman Reigns was. Nothing. Yeah. We got no explanation. They just made it seem like it was Goldberg and Braun the entire time. Um, and also, I've heard reports that apparently Bill Goldberg refused to lose to the Fiend. He refused to lose. Really? The, he refused to lose to the Fiend in Saudi Arabia, saying, uh, "And it's possible that it could be a Wrestle Talk exclusive or Wrestle Zone, whatever it was, that Goldberg has a bit of a creative control, and he felt like the." The fiend, him losing to the fiend would hurt his brand because he's supposed to be a superhero for young kids and they're supposed to look up to him. And the fiend is this evil thing. Yeah, okay, okay, Bill. Yeah, okay. So that was the thing. Apparently, the fiend was supposed to win, but Bill Goldberg played his creative control card and counterattack. There it is. <laughs> the, uh, he won. The, he won the universal title. And apparently, the plan, if if Roman was still in the match, is that. He was supposed to beat Roman and go all the way to SummerSlam where Roman would beat uh, Goldberg. But apparently Goldberg didn't want to add any more dates to his contract. So that's why they decided to have him drop the title to Braun Strowman. Wow. This, this, I didn't hear any of this. This was just underwhelming. Um, I think it was best they did what they did. Just have it finish, uh, you know, just so many finishers. And I'm so glad Goldberg didn't try and go for the uh, the uh, jackhammer. I'm so glad he did because when he tried to do that on the fiend, like he nearly concussed himself. It was a suplex. Yeah, that's what it was. The fiend got beat by a effing suplex, which pissed me off. But to well, on the bright side, and we'll, and we'll get to it. The fiend had a classic at Mania with Cena. Yes, yes. But I guess we'll I guess we'll get into that next, and then we'll get into the other similar type of match because I I I just this this was my absolute favorite thing that happened at Mania this weekend this past weekend the second time to fully understand it, but once I did I was like this was outstanding work. I had to tell you about the NWO thing. You're like, what does that mean? I'm like, he- well, the NWO thing confused me a little bit only because those two weren't in that era. But once I, you explained it, to I me, told then you, I understood it, it. Was that they were recreating the moment? The night after Hogan turned heel, and that was essentially you're the beach. that's you bash the beach. That was sh- that was Cena turning heel. It was right. Everything that I could have possibly asked for. It was great character work. It showed the pure genius of Bray Wyatt. John Cena had to fight as different. Had to, like Bray Wyatt said, you're gonna face the toughest. Match your life yet against yourself. Coming when he com- said that, I was like, "All right, I'm interested." Com- coming out with, with his gear, with the night he faced Kurt Angle. Only it was Bray Wyatt cutting the promo. They were showing the clips of Kurt Angle and the thing, and then they show him Doctor Th- Doctor Thugonomics John Cena, and they actually recreated the Macho Man and uh, Hogan uh, Saturday Night's Main Event thing, uh, <laughs> Wyatt and Cena. And they recreated WrestleMania 30. Wyatt came back as cult leader Bray Wyatt, which I marked out for, and they recreated that moment. It's like, do it right this time, John! Throws the chair, he misses it. And he went for it, and then he disappeared. Yeah. Fiend comes out, hits a mandible claw, and Bray's the one who hits the count. Just everything in this match was beautiful. I mean, 
I have to wonder, would this have been the same given the circumstances? I don't know. Probably not. Uh, probably not, but I was just... I loved this. I loved every single second of it. It restored my faith in WWE believing in Bray Wyatt. It just showed how truly much of a genius this man is. How much he know the character work he can do. I did get very, very worried though when John Cena was coming out to the ring. About this is Russell, and then they cut the the video package. Kind of started. I was very worried. I'm like, oh no, this is a regular match. Oh no, Cena's gonna bury Wyatt. He's this is six years all over again. But no, I thank God it wasn't that. Because and, it's gonna be a regular match. I was surprised with the promo package and and what they decided to do. But I always knew that Bray was gonna win. I always had that feeling. Bray had but to the win. way that they did it, CJ. Again, I had to watch it a couple more times to fully understand it, especially the NWO segment. It was flat out outstanding. And to anybody out there who was confused, didn't like it, some people actually hated it. I'm like, you don't understand the story. I'm like, you need to go back and look at a few things. Number one, the NWO, you have to understand what that was. Number one. Number two, the beginning of Cena's career. Remember when he kept trying to slap Bray and he goes, John, I'm literally reliving the worst moment of your career right now. You got to go back and watch his Ruthless Aggression documentary. He says it in the documentary. That was the worst moment of my career because wow. it led to something that I'm not proud of. Then he said the you can look, but you can't touch. Referring to Nikki, Nikki Bella. Bella. Go back and watch Total Bellas and Total Divas and things like that. Yes, even go back and watch that, which, by the way, highly underrated. And finally... You got to understand Bray and Cena's story. WrestleMania 30, Bray was the heavy favorite, was supposed to go over, should have went over, and didn't. The crowd was ruined. behind him. He said, the whole time. listen to them, John. He got the whole world. Wyatt was supremely, massively over at the time, and he should have been, been the one to win. And Cena should have turned heel was- in the match where you had 80,000 people chanting for the heel of the match and wanting a double turn. Number one. Yeah. They, they were booing Cena out of the Superdome that night. It was incredible. So you have to understand that story. And the part in the match where he says, do it right this time, he's referring to Cena to turn heel and hit him with a chair. Six years ago, he didn't do it. He hit Roan with the chair, hit Bray with the AA, and won the match unexpectedly. That's what That was the ending of the match. That's what happened. Hence, then when you see the NWO segment. Oh, segment comes back after that, and you see Cena as the leader of the NWO, turning heel, things like that, yada, yada, yada. And then finally, Cena loses to The Fiend. Was, I thought it was fantastic storytelling. It was, it, it, it was and that was the other thing. It, people were like, it wasn't a wrestling match. No shit, it wasn't a wrestling match. It was a story. It doesn't need it was a story to be that a wrestling told. match. As weird as that may sound. It was a story that was six, one in six, 20 years in the making of being told. Because they retold. Well, of Cena's career. career. Okay. Yeah. I got you. If you're talking Cena, Bryce, six, obviously. But but they they went as far back as his debut in 2002. So at that point, it's 18 year story in the making. They started it with Cena's career. They, They went all the way through. Oh, and the other thing is Thugonomics thing. Oh. Wait, we forgot to even mention that. When he was rapping to Bray with the Thugonomics, as funny as it was, 
Bray then reminded everybody how much of a dick Cena used to sound like mm -hmm. and how much of a bully he used to sound like. And you're like, oh, my God. Because he was a heel. for He was a heel in the beginning of his Dr. Thugonomics gimmick. Right. And and not to mention all of the bully stuff. There are rumors that Cena was a bully in the locker room yes. younger in his career. You know, like in 2010. You remember the, the Alex Riley incident yeah. in 2011? They were referring to stuff like that. Again, if you didn't like it and if you didn't like it and you hated it, it means you probably didn't understand it. And that's fine. But you need to understand it to be able to enjoy what we're talking about. The fact that C that CJ and I loved what we saw, it was because we understand it and we get it. And we knew all of the inside stuff from back in the day. You know, we knew the stuff going on in Total Bellas and Total Divas. We watched the Ruthless Aggression, do Aggression documentary. And if we didn't, we know what it was about. We know that Cena's first run almost failed, you know? We know that he was the wrong guy to go over at WrestleMania 30. We know all these things. That's why we enjoyed it, CJ. I thought it was a fantastic masterpiece. It was Bray Wyatt righting the wrongs and finally being rid of John Cena. I mean, in the, in the end, right. Cena, you know, disappearing. It's like, is that is? Are we done with John Cena? Apparently, he teased on Twitter that he might be done with wrestling, but I'll believe that when I see it. Because... Right. Um, Vince is always going to call, and he's always going to have John Cena. And, and John Cena says he loves WWE, he loves wrestling. So I feel like until he says something himself publicly or they do something for him, he's not going to actually retire. I Part mean, of me still believes he's winning 17 next year. Yeah, we'll see. But um, In Los Angeles. There's still some more to get into, but there is one, a few other matches need to get into. The other... Firefly match. Let's go to the similar match the that, that bone, was the, the bone, night before. The Boneyard match. Oh, it was so good. I was confused at first. I didn't know how to feel about it. I'm like, okay, AJ Styles being a cheeky bastard coming out of the coffin. And then we see American Badass. He didn't come down to, you know, you've done it now. You're going to make a big mistake. Or, you know, keep rolling, 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 rolling. None of those theme songs. Better, but I, I like the Metallica song that they went with now that we're dead. I like that. I like that choice. I like that too, but there's a lot of other Metallica songs from that album that were a lot better, um, but it made sense for the entrance and for the for the package that they put together. If it was a live match, I thought they should have just did Rollin' by Limp Bizkit. Yeah. But with the package that they made, now that we're dead was perfect. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I guess it was fine. I mean, they played AJ's theme song, but then again, what can, else can you play for AJ? What else are they gonna play? Yeah, but um, but yeah, so I liked it. It felt like a little movie. It felt like a, a, an actual fight and. Again, I think due to the circumstances, I think AJ and Taker would have had an actual match had this not have happened, but I loved it. I still kind of want to see an Undertaker-AJ Styles match, an actual match at some point. But, but Had a real Buried Alive match at the stadium? No, not a real Buried, like a straight-up match between these two, because I still think AJ can get Taker through like an amazing, one last amazing match. Um, I mean, I Gallows and Anderson coming in. Eight hours to film that match, too. I know, eight freaking hours. You like, get, Undertaker got legitimately hurt, and it took him eight hours to finish filming. Oof. Um, Gallows and Anderson had um, gotten involved. They they brought in the Druids, which probably had to be a bunch of developmental guys coming in, say, hey, oh, going to come and pay you. Or the guys who, uh, <laughs> the guys who uh, couldn't be in the uh, Battle Royal that they were supposed to have. Probably like Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal yeah. and... 
maybe uh, Titus O'Neil and friggin' uh, the Singh brothers. Who knows? Uh, so Taker beats them up. He didn't bring the Holy Trinity with him, um, but everything about this was really good. They, they called back to the when Goldberg hurt himself punching the glass. He's like, son of a bitch, maybe hurt me. Cut my hand open. Maybe hurt yeah. my damn arm. And AJ saying like, oh, you're my goddamn finger. I thought it was a really good, like, it felt like a little movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, Taker nearly killing Gallows and choke slamming him, throwing him over the top of that barn, hitting the uh, tombstone pilot, which was the only tombstone pilot driver he hit in the entire match on Carl Anderson. Uh, yeah. Choke slamming, he- choke slamming AJ to death on that wooden pallet thing. It's like, come on, AJ. Get up, boy. Yeah. What's my wife's name? How old am I? Dude, when he started saying that, I was like, yo, Taker, you can wrestle 20 more years for all I care. This is great. It was great. It really was great. And I, then at the end, when he's like, fuck your ass off. Come on, man. I ain't going to bury you. And then he kicks on, him in the grave and buries him. <laughs> but I think one thing we forget, we all forget that, that the Undertaker has teleportation powers. Because AJ thought he had the match won. Yes. And then, dung, and there he is behind him like, oh, shit. That's one. Because at first, I was like, this has to go to 11. It's like 10, 15. I was like, we got like 45 more minutes. And I realized it was going to end at 10, 30. But nonetheless. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I thought it was great. I mean, Undertaker, and, I, and I'll give, and, and I'll play both sides here because there were some Undertaker matches, <laughs> Goldberg, that shouldn't have happened. <laughs> but his last two the first one with Shane and Drew with Roman as his tag team partner, that match was one of the show stealers in that pay-per-view. You can get it was a, extreme. You, you can get away with tag team matches because, you know, it's tag team, you know? You had Roman right. there. Outstanding. But it was still good. And then and then the Boneyard match was again, I saw a tweet that said, Taker, you can go for ten more years for all I care. And I liked it. I was like, I agree. Ten more years of this, I'm fine. If Undertaker matches are like more like this, then he can keep going doing it. I mean that's that, right. That's you got to remember. You got to remember. He's fifty-five, so he's he doesn't have much more of this in him. No. But if they can do stuff like this, they can get another five years out of him. Absolutely, they can. Excuse me. It's, and whether Taker's body agrees or not, when he sees the money that Vince is going to throw in front of his face, he'll do it. Yeah, I think so. At the end of the day, it's all about the the money that Vince is going to give him. Um, right. I think the last thing you talk about Mania is the actual main event of WrestleMania being Drew McIntyre versus big, borky, beefy Brock Lesnar. This match was was four and a half minutes. When is expected? Actually, I shouldn't say that. I thought it was going to be way better. And I, I, I loved it because Drew finally got his moment. For all seven... I did love that. All seven to ten, fifteen, however many little listeners we have... Who have been listening to me boast about Drew McIntyre since the beginning of this podcast? You have to imagine how incredibly happy I am that he has finally won the WWE title, that he has finally been recognized as the top guy. Not only as a, not just top guy, top babyface. I've always said, yeah, I think they if they're gonna go with Drew as a top guy, they probably make him top heel. No, he's top babyface, and I love it. I love the moment where he's banging on the on the canvas and he's pointing at the cameras like, thank you, thank all of you, I thank all of you, because I watched the little Drew McIntyre little mini documentary they put out 
the night uh, the night before the after night before. Man- after Mania won, and I'm just like, and it made me feel even better about his win. I was so happy for Drew. I mean, at certain points, I did think Lesnar was going to win. I was very worried that Lesnar was going to win. Um, but the amount of times he kept hitting the F5, what? Drew kicked out at one the first time. I was like, oh, oh shit. I'm like, yes. Oh, I Again, I was gutted that this couldn't have happened in front of a live crowd. But you cannot deny Drew McIntyre is the man now. He is the man. Yep. And I cannot wait for all the matches that he can have. I want to see him face Seth Rollins. I want to see him face Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles. You know, I I entertain the idea of a match with Brock again, just as long as Drew wins. Uh Drew versus Edge. Match. I Drew, think it's inevitable. You know, Drew versus Edge. Um Drew versus maybe Aleister Black someday. Drew versus the Fiend. Drew ver like just well, maybe not as champion, Drew versus Fiend. But the but the match, I just want to see all these matches with Drew. I am just, I'm over the moon essentially. I, I I've been a big fan of McIntyre, and I'm finally, I'm so glad he's finally getting what he so rightfully deserves, and that's being the top guy. Before I get to my point, because I'm, I don't really have much to say about the match. I think you just said everything for me. But I do need to ask you, how long do you expect Drew to hold on to the WWE title before he loses? Um. Well, I got distracted because we have a video incoming call from our Snapchat group chat. I don't know that if you got right that. Now. <laughs> um. I um. I don't know. I don't want to say SummerSlam. I think Drew holds it for a long time. Um, I want to say maybe October. He either holds it all the way through October, maybe Hell in a Cell, or have him hold it for a whole year. Him being one of those champions to lose it right before Survivor Series. I could see that happening. Hmm. Um... I mean, if if Braun and but, Drew, but if Braun and Drew can hold the titles till SummerSlam, I mean, uh, till uh, Survivor Series, I'd be down for a Strowman McIntyre match. That'd be good. Both had great chemistry. I remember when Braun turned back to babyface after uh, their group between those two and Dolph split up. Mm-hmm. I thought those two had great chemistry. I've always wanted that to, uh, to see that match. Two big um, boys. But now I want to get to. The real main event of WrestleMania. No, wasn't it wasn't Drew and Brock. No, it was Drew and the Brock, Big Show. Brock, what the hell was that? This was bullshit. Get the scene here first. Why? Hold on. We so we me and Sniggy were were talking when when Raw was going off the air, and Tom Phillips goes, "Now let's take you to WrestleMania unseen footage right after the WWE title match." Now I'm thinking to myself, Brock's gonna do something and crazy backstage quit the company something like that that's what i was thinking that he was going to be in a fight with vince or whatever because that actually happened before mania those two were fighting uh not really fighting but like brock was arguing the fact that why are we even doing this this should be postponed and brock said he wasn't going to renew his contract things like that i thought they were going to air something like that but instead he instead he stood i was just gonna say he stood up for the boys is what he did Yes, he stood up for the locker room, and I commend Brock for that because I thought he was right. Nonetheless, that's what I thought they were going to show backstage. 
They didn't. Instead, Drew comes out, does an interview, which I thought was already very weird, but I'm like, all right, they got to feel programming. I can understand it. <coughs> then the big show comes out with a referee. And I'm like, I, I'm not going to say it here, but I was like, you got to be effing kidding me. They're not doing this. Big Show comes out, congratulates Drew, tries to get inside his head, whatever, slaps him across the face. Drew says, ring the bell. I texted Stiggy. I said, they're not doing this, are they? And he goes, is Drew about to lose the title? And I was like, I think so. Because why else would they bring Big Show out for this? My whole thought process on this WWE Championship match, I have a few things about it. Number one, if they wanted to do this, they should have done it on Raw. Yes. You were do recording- it the taping. You were recording everything. Why didn't you just switch things out? Made it. You can angle. Yep. You can angle the match where Drew and B- Big Show don't have to go to this. Even if you don't want to take the WrestleMania sign down, change up the LED boards. <coughs> Excuse me. Change it up. Make it be the main event of Raw. Like, and even right. if they say the reason is, oh well, Drew, Drew and Brock's match was first because Brock wanted to get it over with, and Drew went home afterwards. Okay. Still, why didn't you still make it? Their image around the arena in the performance center. Monday Night Raw, not right. Freaking WrestleMania. Because Drew went home. Because Drew went home afterwards too. So give him something to record. It's fine. Oh Jesus Christ! No one, no one's gonna give a shit. That's number one. Because it's like, would I have liked Drew and and Big Show for the WWE title the night after Mania? Probably not. But I would have known that Drew was gonna win. Number one and number two would have made more sense because the night after Mania is normally crazy anyway. Normally you see a bunch of shit like this all the time. So I wouldn't have badged an eye, but I know I would have known right away. All right, Drew's gonna win. The idea that they had it set up that the way that they did it convinced me that Big Show was gonna be the WWE champion, which infuriated me. Number one. Number two, I texted Stiggy because we were talking during the whole thing. I was like, this is what we call a no-win situation because if Drew loses the title here, it it's a black eye to the sport to do that right out of the gate. It's a big show, nonetheless, who was probably there to promote his Netflix series. Number the big two, show show. Yes. Number two, if Drew wins, it is an absolute waste of time that they even decided to do this. Drew ends up winning the match, and it was an absolute waste of my time. I don't understand why it happened. Seven days later, I don't understand why it happened. I thought it was the stupidest part of Raw, and a Raw that I commend them for trying to get on the air. Obviously, as you know, that a lot of the stars that they did record, they just they just trolled over NXT superstars, and that was it. Um, and it was that, a lot of promos from the night before at Mania, and then that match with Show and Drew, that was the worst part of the show. Easy. Why did it happen? It didn't need to happen. It was stupid. Like I, I was infuriated the entire time. Even after Drew won, I was happy Drew won that he kept the championship and things like that. But it didn't need to happen the way it did. If they had changed the sign CJ from WrestleMania to Raw, I wouldn't have been as pissed off as I was. It didn't need to be the dark match of WrestleMania for God's sakes. Just there's no such thing. We went to Mania last year. There is no dark match. Dark matches are on Raws and Smackdowns. That's what Exactly. That, that infuriated me. That pissed me off. I'm like, what? why? I get the circumstances, but why? I don't understand it. Do it, obviously, because no, nothing would leak out. But still, I mean, it, oh, God, it, it pissed me off so much. We're now going to know for the rest of our eternity that the main event of WrestleMania was... Uh, Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre. No, it wasn't. With the dark match oh, main yes, event 
of Drew and Big Show. Are you serious? No. I refuse to let that be the actual main event of WrestleMania. The actual main event of WrestleMania was Brock Lesnar. Ta- and it was it was it was uh, it was recorded, it was taped, it was shown on television. Brock Lesnar Why? Brock Brock Lesnar and Drew McIntyre, they're the main event of WrestleMania. Drew got his moment, Drew won the title. I would have rather Brock come out and beat the shit out of Drew to close Raw. I honestly would have rather that. Well Who the hell knows when Brock's gonna be coming back? We don't know. So why set up something if you don't know what's gonna happen? It's only going to make Drew look weak. and then it's, it's- My point is, CJ, I would have rathered anything but that. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's... that's, that's <laughs> I That infuriates me. I don't want to get away from that. <laughs> that was probably the one gripe, the real gripe that I had with the WWE last weekend was Mania went off as best as they could. I thought it was fine. Things like that. What... I hated the most of it was the dark match with Big Show and Drew. It didn't need to happen. No. I hated the match because it was Big Show dominating the whole time and then a Claymore at the end, and that was it. It's, oh, God, it, it pissed me off so much. I don't know what they were I'm thinking. just talking about it. I'm like, why? I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know why they thought that was even a good idea, why that was even the slightest of a good idea. As soon as Big Show's music hit, I was like, <coughs> all right, I figured we'd see him soon. Maybe not now. And then when he was pulling the referee out, I was like, you sons of bitches, you were so close to having a good mania I, as best as they could. I was like, you were so close to not screwing anything up. You were so close. Hmm. And then they did. Well. And again, I, I was convinced the whole 15 minutes that Big Show was going to be the WWE champion. And that, that would have been the beginning of the show if it happened. To that would have been the beginning of the show. To me, it's not what happened in WrestleMania. I didn't see Raw. So, to me, it's not what happened in WrestleMania. To me, it didn't happen at all. To me, it's not even in my memory. What are we talking about? I don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, because I wish I could unsee it. Because I remember mm. texting you, and you didn't text me until maybe an hour after Raw went off the air. But I remember texting you, turn Raw on now. You're not going to believe what's going on. Like, I missed it. What happened? <laughs> um, I was like, Big Show almost won the WWE title. <laughs> well... A better match that happened this week in the WWE Umbrella was Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Seem- let's touch on that. Seemingly being the end. With these two, I'm never certain that it's the end. But um, this was very similar. Especially with the ending of the match. This was very similar to the Boneyard match, very similar to the Firefly Funhouse match. It was just them two in a, in a warehouse somewhere. Well, Performance Center. Um, they're, they're in a ring. Triple H is there. They had a referee. He says, once I leave, walk out that door, it's over. It's on, and then once it's over, it's over. Left, they got in the ring, and they beat the shit out of each other for, with commercial breaks, almost two hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that they had to show commercial breaks. I understand, and they were limited to what they do with the takeover matches that they wanted to show on TV. I get it. But these commercial matches took me so out of the moment of the match. And I was saying to you before we got on here that I need to watch this on the network so I don't have any commercial interruptions. But overall, the match was really well done. It was shades of just about everything of every match that they've had. Um, they were going outside. They were throwing each other into, into freaking garbage cans, into trucks. You know, they were... Ripping the canvas off. Uh, they were doing just. 
it just it, it pains me that this could have happened at takeover and takeover didn't happen it pains me which leads me to believe that this isn't over yet that's why down down the line i hope that at some point this happens again so the big talking point of this match though was is that gargano and champo were like near like beating the shit out of each other candice comes in on the verge of tears and asks champo are you happy are you happy tomaso are you happy I hate my husband now because of this. I hate Great my act. I hate my husband. Go ahead. Go finish it. Go finish it. Fine. I'll As you're it. talking about this match, by the way, I, I tuned into WWE on Fox Instagram's page, and I'm currently watching the highlights. So you may continue. <laughs> Candice kicks Gargano in the balls and then leaves, and he just gets knocked down. He's upset. He's freaking crying is what he's doing. Champa is beside himself. He doesn't know what to do. He's just he gets on his knees and he goes down to Ch- uh, Gargano. He says, "Hey man, listen. Come on, come on, get up. Look, I'm sorry. All right, I'm sorry. Come on." And Gargano's t- crying. He's like, "I'm sorry too, man. I'm sorry." And then Johnny's starting to get up. Can't uh, Champa's up on his feet, and I'm like, Champa, you're smarter than this. Don't be stupid like every other baby yeah. face. Don't do it. Don't can't, like it's all a ruse, Tommaso. It's all a ruse and <laughs> kicking the balls from the back. There's Candice LeRae. And then Johnny Gargano. And I screamed this when I was watching it. The smartest kayfabe wrestler, the smartest wrestler alive, kayfabe and all. He was wearing a cup. AJ Styles got punched in the dick by Shinsuke Nakamura. Almost every single week on SmackDown and every single match they had. And he never thought to wear a cup. Ever. Johnny Gargano. In their last match. Not even in their last match. Johnny Gargano wears one in his supposed last match with Tommaso Ciampa. He hits the fairy tale ending on Ciampa on the wood, wins the match, walks out with Candice. Candice LeRae has turned heel and helped her husband, Johnny Gargano, beat Tommaso Ciampa. I was very surprised, because well, not very surprised, but I had pegged Candice to win the ladder match, so she would face Charlotte, you know, ba- classic heel versus babyface. But right. Io Shirai winning, I'm like, hmm, interesting. Might be a better match, but then I'm seeing like, oh, this is why match. they did it. This and is- I get what you're saying about Candice. It makes me think to myself, where do they go from here, Champion Gargano? You know, who do they feud with? They're two of the best wrestlers in the world. They are two of my favorite wrestlers. And because I truly don't think this is the end. It can't be. It's the end for a while, but it's not the end. That's what I think. It's the end for a long, long time. I don't think we're going to see this match for a very long time. Not for like a few years, maybe. So like maybe we're selling like, oh, you know, Champion Gargano's done. Like no wrestlers are, two wrestlers are ever done. To me, two wrestlers are done unless one retires or one leaves the company. Like Kenny Omega and, right. and Okada, they're done because Okada's still in New Japan and Omega's, went, in, Omega's in AEW. They're on different Young paths. Young on those two. They're, two, they're on two different paths. Um, Okada ever came to AEW. Oh, oh my God. Oh God. That'd be the only thing we'd be talking about. That would be huge, huge news if Okada ever went to AEW, but I don't think that's going to happen. Not even as like a one-off thing. Like Okada's no. like the guy in New Japan. It would be more likely for Omega to go off as a one-off thing and go face Okada one more time. 
Yeah, that that's more likely. That it's more likely he'll go back to Japan. But um, after everything that's happened this week, everything we've seen, we have to wonder how much longer can we keep doing wrestling like this until wrestling can be like, oh, well, you can't. WWE and AEW and NXT, I think, have enough tapings to get through the middle of May. Yeah. After that, I think we get a break for a little while. Because no one's filming right now. I don't think anyone's allowed to film no, at this right point. Now. Not right now. Uh, no one's allowed to film in Orlando. Um, AEW is shut down. They did all their tapings. And same with NXT. So I think under the circumstances, I think we have till the middle of May to turn things around um, so they can start doing live shows again. And if we're not turned around by the middle of May, we're going to go a couple weeks to a month probably without professional wrestling. I truly believe that. Yeah. It's sad. Credit, they held off for as long as they could, but I think that it's inevitable that they're going to end up like all major sports in the country and that's shut down. Well, I saw an article before. Apparently, the XFL is shut down and they've laid off so many of their employees. And there's no, doesn't look like, Do, doesn't yeah, look, it doesn't look like they're going to come back. And that's a shame because they were looking really good. And, and you know what? And that's the story for a lot of businesses in this country and a lot of local businesses around the areas and all that stuff is people can't afford to come back after this. Yeah. It's going to... And it's a shame. It's really going to affect us. Um, but companies like WWE and AEW, though, are going to be fine. And, you know, bigger companies will be okay. Wrestling will be okay. and It'll come back. But I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen because I don't know if we mentioned... Well, we might have touched on it briefly, but uh, the MGM Grand Marina has canceled all events... Um, after May 31st, I mean, bef- until May 31st, until May 31st, and um, Double or Nothing was in w- the list of those events. Um, AEW has yet to say anything, but we don't know if they'll postpone it. We don't know if they'll make it part of a TV thing. We don't know. I think that's what they're doing right now. I think they're trying to figure out a backup plan because they didn't say anything about um. The Nork show until they had a replacement date. They said the Nork show March twenty uh, March twenty seventh will not happen. It will be moved to July twenty second. If you have tickets, they are still valid. Things like that. They wanted to make sure that not only did they make their fans aware of what was going on, but that they had a backup plan. So I think that's what they're working on right now. But nonetheless, the Prudential Center was the first to say these events aren't happening. Whether anybody has made it official or not, they're not happening. Yeah, I mean, um, once the, the the venue says it's not happening, it's like you have no choice. It's not happening. So that's what the MGM Grand has done. Um, and now I guess AEW is just looking for a backup plan at this point. They'll probably move double or nothing, my guess, to July. They'll probably still be in Las Vegas because they, they owe their fans that. Tickets are on sale. It's probably sold out. Things like that. They owe their fans that. I mean, the show's a month and a half away. Or not anymore, but the original date was a month and a half away. It was going to be the Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. So they owe their fans that. I think they're looking for a replacement date right now. My guess will be July, something along those lines. Um, and then hopefully, again, CJ, maybe the next month we start seeing change. You know, we start, you know, people start going back to work. People start getting, you know, their paychecks back, things like that. And we start getting a little bit more normalcy. I read a report the other day that baseball is, they're, they're trying to figure out whether to start in May. And if they do, every team will report to Arizona and they'll play in Phoenix. Um, mm. They'll play in stadiums around the Phoenix area until further notice. But it sucks. But at the very least, I mean, as, as Yankee and Met fans, I mean, it sucks that their home games are going to be in Arizona. But 
at least we're going to have something. Yeah, at least we would have something. I mean, but I mean, for me, I wouldn't want anything to happen unless people were absolutely sure that the curve has gone down exponentially and people can start seeing each other again, being mass gatherings again. Because um, I, I don't see us. Because I, I can see things start to get better in the summertime, and I can see things starting to get better then. And you know, it, it, but I think it'll be very limited, though. We're probably not going to see a whole normal of this stuff happening again until maybe Before next get, year. Until maybe like right. I think in my in my mind, CJ, I think maybe towards the end of May, people start going back to work. I think June is everybody starting to come back around slowly but surely. And I think by the end of the summer, we're back to almost the way we've used to be because we're going to learn from this, obviously. Yeah. Um, this is never going to go away. It's just going to be controlled. It's going to be like the flu. Soon we're going to have a vaccine for it. And the virus is never going to go away, but it's going to be controlled. Yeah. Um, it'll be a part of our daily lives. You know, this will be in history, you know, for the rest of our lives. We'll remember where we were and all that stuff when all sports were shut down and the country shut down and things like that. And um, this will be one of those times, obviously. But I do think we're and I, and I have to think this way because it's called thinking positively. I think we're almost out of it. I think we got about another month to go. I think, um, and then we could start getting back to our daily lives. The next few weeks are going to be the worst from what Crucial. the federal government are going to be saying. But you got to get through the worst. For th Things will only get worse before they get better. But once you get through the worst, things will get better. I mean, I'm thinking sometime in May things will get better. Like probably like middle of May or something like that. Start to get better. But... Right. um. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just it's still not really safe to go anywhere. I mean, there are right. there are lines around the around the blocks of supermarkets and Costco's and all these things. And a liquor store, CJ. I I'm down to my last beer. I need to get more. Now I I went this morning and there was no line. It was perfect. I have to check and see. If not, if there's a line out today, then I'm like, no, I'm gonna get up. Later, later. But uh, yeah, before we wrap up, CJ, I know I kind of said my piece about it, but your thoughts on the state of pro wrestling as we as we continue to le live in these uneasy, untrying or trying, I should say, and unpredictable times. What what are your opinions here? My opinion is just that um, I just want everybody to be safe, and I just I want to see pro wrestling live again and people in arenas again, but. Until everybody, uh, it's it's absolutely 100% safe to start doing it again. Um, I understand. It, it sucks because um, right now, you know, none of us can see a lot of our friends and family. And we want to see each other. Um, I know that you and I, we can't see our friends. Um, um, I have not seen my girlfriend in a while. Like we're uh, probably going yeah. al almost a month at this point. S seen the homies in a long time. I know. Saying probably going to see her maybe sometime. Uh, probably going to see her in May. Um, yeah. I, I think that's enough time for her and I to be distanced. But I don't know. I have to, we have to wait and see. But as far as wrestling goes, I just want wrestlers and wrestling fans and the companies, people working these companies to be safe. And I just want things to be okay for things to go back to somewhat of normal. With that being said, any any other thing too, obviously, be safe, be healthy, all that stuff. As we wrap up every podcast for the foreseeable future, just you know, make sure to check in on your loved ones, things like that. Be safe, be smart, 
you know, practice social distancing, things like that. Yes. So with that being said, we'll uh, we'll do this again, CJ. So for yes. Sean McChesney. But hold on. We haven't done I haven't done this in a while. You have to oh. be you have to be sure to listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, oh. Google Play, uh, Podbean, Anchor.fm, all we get your podcast form. Uh, from you can follow us at Twitter and at uh, the, the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. I know Facebook and Instagram have been very behind on it, but Twitter is where we're most active. Uh, and yeah, please do all of that. Go ahead, Sean. Listening. <laughs> and CJ Palmasano. We'll see you next time.